improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host, Dr. Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on Under the Influence, I'm joined by Dr. Theo Conan. Theo is a chiropractor who practices in Portugal. He practices in Lisbon in beautiful Portugal and some really interesting lessons that I think we can learn from his experience. You see, Theo is not Portuguese, he's American. So he has moved to Portugal, and Portugal is a place where there still isn't, you know, 20 odd years since he arrived there, there isn't a huge public awareness of chiropractic, and Theo's very committed to expanding the impact and reach of chiropractic. And so it's forced him to kind of learn lessons around clarity. So when you're learning to present chiropractic to people who don't know what chiropractic is, there's some upsides about that that we'll talk about in terms of you not having to deal with people's misperceptions. And there's also some challenges in helping people see the value of something that they're completely unfamiliar with. There's also the challenge of communicating chiropractic in not your first language and how that forces you to be super clear in terms of what you're describing. And so Theo sort of extended that and has created a lot of clarity in terms of uh, even how the hours that work best for him in practice so that he's at his best to take care of the people that he takes care of. So it's a really interesting discussion. And I think it's one that you'll learn a lot about regardless of where you practice and what stage of practice you are in, that when we're talking about practice success, when we're talking about practice communication, when we're talking about having more of an impact, a necessary ingredient is that real clarity about what you are about, what you, the value that you provide and what you, the rules that need to be followed for things to work best. So really interesting discussion. Theo's a fascinating guy, does a lot of work with the Portuguese Chiropractors Association and we'll also mention a really exciting opportunity to about the Portuguese Chiropractors Association 25th anniversary conference, which will be in Lisbon on the 24th and 25th of May. I will be speaking there. There's a great lineup of speakers from uh, all around the world, from Canada, from Australia, from uh, parts of the UK and Europe. So really phenomenal program that I would encourage you to get along and join me there. I'll be speaking there and can't wait to present, but also to learn from some of the best speakers in chiropractic. So it'll be a phenomenal opportunity to connect with your chiropractic community and also learn more about having an ability to communicate the value of chiropractic because that's the focus of it. It's going to be about uh, how to communicate and care and uh, have more impact with through chiropractic. So great event. The details are in the show notes in terms of registration. There is a super early bird rate available right now until the 15th of February. So I would suggest if you want to join us there, if you want to have a phenomenal time in Portugal, um, check it out. So with all of that said, please welcome to the podcast, Dr. Theo Conan. Hey, Theo, great to see you. 
Hey, nice to be here, Martin. Thanks a lot for the invite. Oh, thanks so much for coming on. It's uh, really nice to get to have an extended chat with you because, um, I mean, we've been in contact over, we were just talking prior to the recording, over a number of years. And um, you, we're speaking to you. Where are you in the world right now? Uh, tonight I'm in Lisbon, Portugal. Oh, wow. And how long have you been in Lisbon for? I've been in Lisbon since the 11th of January, 2002. So that, I guess, makes it about 22 years. Wow. Okay. That is... Uh, so now just picking my uh, amazing... Uh, language skills there. I'm picking up you don't have a native Portuguese accent. I take it you are from somewhere else. Yep. Uh, born in the, the United States. Yep. And uh, I immigrated here when I was 27 years old. Okay, wow. Not really knowing any Portuguese or really that much about the Portuguese culture for that matter. Wow. I'd seen one, one television show on Portugal and I just saw that and I thought, man, that's amazing. And then it was uh, serendipitous almost and that I got a, a call asking if uh, I'd be interested in coming out and doing a locum here in, in Lisbon. Wow. And then here, 22 years later, you're still there. Yeah. 22 years later, uh, literally uh, the guy offered me a job and I went home for a month. I sold everything I had and I came back to Portugal with uh, two suitcases and later on, we had a, a little Thule table shipped out, but two suitcases and uh, a big will to make a difference. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm going to push pause on that and come back to the uh, influence impact that you're having in Portugal in, in a minute. Before that, I know it's nighttime for you and I'm sort of in uh, caffeine ramp up mode right now, but I'm sort of curious in Portugal, what sort of uh, coffee are you under the influence of there? Well, definitely coffee is a strong part of the, the Portuguese culture. I would say most people will be drinking just a single espresso. Yeah. Uh, I've been into many different places in the world, and I'd have to say that I'm very partial to Portuguese coffee. I think they yeah. do a great job. There's lots of different variations you can get on the, the simple coffees that they have here, but it's a very full-bodied coffee, and many people... That's just part of their day, though. Some people will have between 10 and 15 of those things. I don't know how they do it. but <laughs> we've, we've got one of those nice uh, super automatic espresso machines here. Yeah. And um, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I love it. Yeah, excellent. And so you're just a straight single shot of espresso person yourself as well. You've been won over to the Portuguese way. Yeah, no sugar, just coffee. Excellent. I like it. A purist, hey? That's it. <laughs> Excellent. And so I know you've got a lot of different hats that you uh, take on over there in terms of what you're doing, but what broadly would you say is the influence that you are trying to have? The influence I'm trying to have chiropractically, personally, and in the association? Have, however <laughs> you want to take it, Theo. Well, I think personally, the influence that we're trying to have here as, as chiropractic is, is a pretty still relatively unknown profession. Uh, if we think about the number of chiropractors in the country, I think we're probably still under 50. Really? I think it's a extremely underserved population um, and we're doing everything we can to get the message of chiropractic out. So uh, just one of the things. What, in terms of just so I've got a context on that, what's roughly the population 
of Portugal that that let's let's round up to fifty. You've got fifty chiropractors, and how many people would you say in Portugal? Probably somewhere near eleven million. Okay, wow. Good concentration of those people are in the Lisbon area. There's about four million people in the greater Lisbon area, and then the rest okay. is spread spread out to the country. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, very underserved then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, back, back to you. So you're looking to get the message of chiropractic out to more people? Yeah. One of the ways that, that we've tried to tackle that, uh, we've done some a lot of print media stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, I've also been asked on uh, national television a few times. We've done mm-hmm. a few broadcasts, which has been pretty successful. Yeah. And the associations published several articles in major magazines and newspapers. But really, Portugal is kind of old school in that sense that it's still really a lot of word of mouth. A lot of families are very tight-knit, and when you start working with one person, that person will tell the other people, and those people will tell other people. And it's it's really sort of old-fashioned in that way, but it's it's very nice. Yeah, awesome. And so you mentioned, we've sort of segued into the association. What's your role with the association? Uh, uh, the association has a directive or a directorial board. And uh, there's a president and a secretary, mm-hmm. which we look at as kind of the vice president. That's been my role probably for about the last eight years. Wow. That's, that's some staying power there. <laughs> to be in politics that long, yeah, I guess so. So I guess I'm sort of curious. There's um, a lot of, most of the people listening here are in places that probably have a higher population of chiropractors serving their population. What's it like being in an environment where it's sort of almost that frontier of chiropractic where you're, for many people, the first exposure that they've ever had to chiropractic at any level? Tell tell us what's that like? I think it's changed over time for me. When I first got here, I think I was still fairly young in practice and I was just intimidated by the the whole doctor-patient experience. And as I've grown and as I've been tutored and had many great mentors and, and had a more experience, I don't really think it's, it's that much different. Uh, it's, it's not strange for me to hear anymore that nobody's ever heard of a chiropractor or they don't have any idea what you do. In some ways, it's, it's kind of a nice thing. It's yeah. kind of a nice thing that they're the clean slate and you have the opportunity to let them know what you do yeah. and also at the same time let them know what you don't do. So there's, there's really not the same or similar expectations of where you might be in, in Australia or the United States or the UK, where oh, I know what a chiropractor is, I know what that does, and, and I, I just want to get cracked. Yeah, That doesn't happen very often yeah. in our Well, I think this, it's interesting. I mean, as you know, I teach a lot of communication stuff, and I think that's one of the things that we need to, often chiropractors think in terms of, I've got this drive to share the big picture of chiropractic, they're starting with, well, actually you have to address the misunderstandings that people have before you have an opportunity to to sort of set a frame around what chiropractic actually is. You actually have to deal with those things of, uh, it's about back cracking, it's about uh, the, you know, they cause strokes, they, uh, they're unscientific, they're all these other things, you know, we've got one of, you've got to deal with that beforehand. So in a lot of ways, I imagine there's a freedom or, uh, you know, I guess a, uh, an ease of having that blank slate that you're coming into. 
Yeah, I, I think that at least talking with some of the my mentors and learning sort of that people are people no matter where you go. I think that there's certain things that, that we've adopted in, in our practice that even if I was in Australia or in the States, I would still still do the same things. I mean, we tell the chiropractic story. Um, we, we acknowledge people. We use a lot of communications. Uh, I know that uh, one of the reasons I heard about you was through uh, Glowaki. We use uh, yeah. some of his uh, communication strategies and, and we use yours as well. Yeah. And I, I just think that it's really an important thing for the patient to be very informed about what's going on. I had a sort of a, an epiphany almost listening to Jim Sigafoos one time and he said very clearly, you need to let them know what you do and you need to let them know what you don't do. Mm, and if, yeah. if they're in your office for something that you don't do, they're not in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a certainly a, a great degree of clarity that you can create <laughs> when you're clear about that yourself, isn't there? And so I guess we decided to jump on a call right now. We've been talking about doing this for a while because the association that you are a central part of has a pretty important uh, anniversary coming up and there's a seminar attached to that. And you mentioned about how, you know, you sort of fell in love with Portugal by looking at a video and it's, a I've not been there yet, but I'm pretty excited to be coming there. It's a pretty remarkable country. So did you maybe want to tell, say a bit about what the seminar is and what the association's doing to celebrate and all those sort of things, because I'm guessing it's one of those opportunities that people have to uh, come and visit Portugal, which is, you know, I think uh, I was reading it's that one of the number one or number two country in the world in terms of some of those polls with um, Lonely Planet and those sort of places, the most remarkable places to visit. So I'll, I'm babbling here. I'll hand over to you to uh, let us know why we should come and visit <coughs> Portugal, but particularly... Uh, for the APQ conference. Yeah, just to backtrack a little bit, that that whole thing about Portugal being like on the number one or number two destination list, it's really interesting. I had a patient um, who was seven years, I think it was seven, eight years ago, he wrote an article, I believe it was for the Wall Street Journal, mm -hmm. and it was about an expat living in Portugal. And somehow that article got picked up and it went viral. And from the writing of that article, Portugal really exploded in terms, and that, and they passed some really amazing tax laws that were great for a lot of the retirees in Europe and people yeah. who wanted to have digital nomads and stuff. So Portugal over the last seven, eight years has really, really expanded, not only in terms of a, of a tourist destination, but a, as a place for people to retire or to live as, mm -hmm. you know, their remote workings place. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's been good for the economy, good for the country. Um, association, we've got our 25th anniversary this year started in uh, 1999 and we just uh, commemorated the official signing of the papers in uh, the, the hometown of Guarda where the association was started had about know, 15 chiropractors up there with our families and, and just had a great time uh, for our 25th anniversary conference it's going to be on May 24th and 25th we've got uh, several speakers lined up the theme is really based on communicating, caring, and continuing on with your patients in a principle-based or a principle model. Um, the speakers we're going to have, we're going to have Glenn Duffy, who comes from the Kyrie Europe crowd. I don't know if you ever heard of Kyrie Europe seminars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got Simon and Jen Floriani. They're going to both be speaking. Liz Anderson Peacock, Peter Amliger, Jim Chester, and uh, somebody you might know, Martin Harvey. 
Uh, awesome. Yeah, it's a great lineup. And I think, you know, people coming from a lot of different um, experiences and different perspectives, but all with that, I guess, sort of firm focus on the importance of taking chiropractic and communicating chiropractic in a way that's relevant to the people who you are speaking to. So great opportunity. And I was, I was just having a look. So the seminar itself will be in Lisbon in a beautiful area of Lisbon. So great sort of stepping off point to explore Portugal as well. So connect with the chiropractic family and then have an opportunity to sort of explore beyond the chiropractic family and sort of uh, see what Portugal has to offer. Yeah, I would highly recommend to anybody who's who's never been to take definitely a few extra days. Uh, yeah. The, the va- advantage of the seminar is that we are doing it on a Friday and a Saturday. So yeah. that does mean that you can sleep in or go do something else on Sunday if you want. Yeah. Um, but that's there's so much beauty and so much uh, amazing things to see, so many amazing things to see in just the Lisbon area. You could, you could easily fill that up with a week or more. Awesome. And um, so I know there's a, we're recording this and there's a um, early bird, super early bird rate that is available until the 15th of February. So that's probably within a few days. So I suggest that you make a quick decision and get on that. And so we will have the link in the show notes, but um, it's uh, so probably easiest if we just refer people to that and we'll have all the details of the speakers, the rates, the hotels, all that kind of stuff. So I hope to see a heap of people at the seminar because it's going to be a great event. And we do have a a nice registration website that's set up that's got bios and information on all the speakers, information regarding hotel packages and all the options that are available with that. And uh, our event organizer also has, um, I don't know if they're on the site yet, but he's also organized some tours and organized some things for extracurricular activities for those people who are interested in that kind of thing. Awesome. Actually, just kind of off topic with that I think when we were talking you mentioned the uh there's a, a travel agent as well the official travel agent that um and so I emailed them to just get a bit of an idea of price after I'd done my crawling around my normal sites and they were able to get me a better rate on flights than I was able to get myself um even though I feel like he he actually flight. spoke to me yeah. <laughs> and he, he told me a little bit about the flight and I was I was actually shocked I couldn't believe that he was able to get that deal because I think we had people five years ago coming from the states that didn't get a deal that was that good yeah no so I would recommend it's uh check it all out it's going to be a great event so yeah um, that email that email is on the website as well to reach out to yeah yeah excellent um so we've spoken then about the influence that you're looking to have both from a a personal perspective um and association perspective that looking to connect people with chiropractic from that sort of purposeful perspective um and in a really unique environment which i think I agree. It's still got, there's a commonality that we need clarity of communication and we almost need to have that understanding that communication starts with an understanding of the other person's perspective. And that might be different in Portugal than it is in Australia. You know, you've got in some ways the challenge, but also the blessing of the blank slate. Um, If we loop now or segue from that, what influenced you to get involved in chiropractic in the first place? Tell us the backstory. 
Well, my dad was a, I guess you could say he was in roofing. He was yep. kind of a jack of all trades. He was just really good at uh, making stuff work with his hands. And mm -hmm. I think at the time we were living in, in central Florida mm -hmm. and he had hurt his back doing something and somebody recommended the local chiropractor. We lived in a small town. There were two chiropractors there. He, he went to this chiropractor. And aside from getting results, this guy did his duty, told my dad the story. Also told him he thought he'd make a good chiropractor and why don't he get his family into for care? So my dad, who had been told by his high school guidance counselor, not even to bother with uh, college training or anything like that, decided to go back to school. So he went really? back to school. <laughs> he went back to school with a wife and three kids and, uh, you know, my dad graduated chi chiropractic school when I graduated high school. And so by the time he had graduated, he had talked to me about philosophy. He had talked to me about concepts that I'd never heard about before. And I was, I was enthralled and, and I made a decision somewhere in high school that I was going to be, I was going to go to chiropractic school. That's awesome. Excellent. So um, where did you go to school? I went to school at Parker, I guess their university now, Parker University yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And was that where your dad went as well? Yep. He also okay. went. We were, we were there in the, in the times uh, when Jim Parker was, uh, Jim Parker, he died when I was, was just about out of school. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That would have been an amazing time there, I imagine. So uh, my sure. understanding as well is that uh, in that era, you were a lot of the Parker students would go to a lot of Parker seminars. Is that accurate? The great thing about being a student at Parker is your tuition to any Parker seminar anywhere in the world was paid. Wow. Now, most of us, I think, didn't, didn't go to seminars that were out of state, but anytime there was a seminar in Dallas, and I think they had two per year, we would always go to the seminars in, in Dallas, and it was, it was always amazing. Yeah, I can imagine. And especially, I think that was in that, the era when, uh, I mean, I think Parker seminars have gone through a bunch of different eras in terms of Kind of what the focus was but also how big an event they were i remember going to one of the parker vegas's where there was like eight or nine thousand people but um, that was the record i think wasn't it that was the the biggest seminar that they ever had yeah i think so yeah anyway it was it was just a scale that's sort of a bit unimaginable um compared to other seminars that i've been to but yeah amazing what an experience and so I can I can still think of, of speakers. I mean, Jim Sigafoos was there. I remember C.J. Mertz uh, was there all the time. Uh, just it was a, a Sean Powers. I mean, there was a plethora yeah. of great talent at, the, at yeah. those early seminars. Absolutely. So just for speakers, uh, for listeners who may not be aware, so Jim Sigafoos was really quite a remarkable speaker. He was amazing. Just he was. Uh, I think his, you know, his story was that he sort of came into chiropractic without really, without really any understanding of the principle of it, and then really failed in practice, and then uh, was ultimately kind of, uh, I guess, sort of connected to the big picture of chiropractic, and then um, for many years uh, ran a, a very, very successful practice. But it was also, I think, one of the seminal influences on chiropractors he ran a you know coaching program but was also would speak at parker seminars and other big events and he was just the the experience of seeing sig speak was pretty amazing uh sean powers is uh yeah i spoke when i spoke at uh parker i spoke quite a few times with sean like in 
the same program as Sean. She's another powerhouse uh, chiropractor. Um, and uh, yeah, she's still out there teaching chiropractors how to have more of an impact. And CJ Mertz, I haven't heard from CJ, haven't heard of CJ lately, but he ran quite a big practice management program. Um, I guess mainly 90s, early 2000s kind of era would be my guess. So, yeah. yeah I, think, I think you're right there. Yeah, absolutely. So that's probably a really useful segue. Um, so you've graduated from Parker um, and, you know, here we are, how, what, 20, however many years later. How many years have you been in post-graduation? It's, it's been 20, a little bit past 25 years. Okay, wow. And so across that journey, who or what would you say have been your biggest chiropractic influences? Uh, there's there's definitely been a lot of influences. Um, you know, I think in the very beginning, I, I looked up a lot to my dad. Yeah. Uh, he was still fairly new in practice, but, you know, he was, the, he was definitely somebody I've always looked up to. Yeah. Um, as far as in the profession, um, I did some training with CJ Mertz. I really liked his his approach to educating and working the the systems in the office. Mm -hmm. um, I think more recently, uh, after going through the ICPA, the pediatric program, I started meeting a lot more people from from DE from from other schools, yeah. and I just started to see a very different approach and a very different. Uh, way of expressing chiropractic philosophy and, and I became really enamored with that uh, what uh, uh, one of my mentors over on this side of the pond Mark Hudson likes to call vitalistic chiropractic and you know I, I just really lately there's been a lot of influence and a lot of help that's come from uh, Mark Hudson and Lynn McAvenia's way and that's just a, the carry up crowd it's been a great crowd to hang out with yeah, awesome. So a bit of background. I mean, many of the people in Europe will have heard these names um, and Mark's been in, out to Australia a number of times to go to Innate Summit and to run seminars and programs here. But um, so a bit of background. DE is Dynamic Essentials, which was, I guess, almost like a parallel program to Parker, but connected to Life University. So Sid Williams and others kicked them off. Um, a lot of, I mean, Sig, I think Sigafu spoke of both, didn't he? Both DE yeah. and Parker. Um, but uh, yeah, very strong focus on um, vitalism and course sort of philosophical premises. And uh, Mark Hudson um, also went through life and was very influenced by that movement. And Para Europe is probably quite different, but it was, I think um, Mark would agree, strongly influenced by uh para europe uh, but sorry by de and has been uh very influential in uh growing the confidence of chiropractors the impact of chiropractors and chiropractic in europe and beyond lots of people come from around the world to go to cara europe um and um yeah mark and uh his wife lynn uh also run coaching programs and support programs to help chiropractors and their teams grow in their impact. So yeah, quite a, quite a group of influences that you have there. Um, so I'm sort of curious that like we spoke about the communication aspect of being somewhat different in uh, Portugal, just because there's that um, more, a greater proportion of the people that you're speaking to won't have had a chiropractic experience, but 
how how else would you say, Carrie? What what if you were to describe what practicing in uh, Portugal's like for you? What how would you describe it? Like, you know, how many hours, how, what are the hours, what are the days, uh, how many well, people do you have on your team? For, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's evolved over, over the years since, since I've been here. Uh, now that I have three children and I really wanted to spend time with the, with the kids, I, I opened the office only in the mornings yeah. and would, I worked from seven to 12. Okay. Uh, for a while back, it was Monday through Friday. Now it's Monday through Thursday. So yeah. we we do four five hour shifts. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's interesting. Like I guess I sort of have this, uh, you know, uh, naive perspective that oh, it's going to be like Spain, where everybody starts in later in the day and goes till later. But you've you've sort of gone more just the morning. Oh, well, the the first chiropractor that I worked with, the, the chiropractor that called me out here to to do locum for him, yeah. that was many years ago. He opened his office at seven in the morning, and he worked till about. Uh, I think the last patients were booked at one thirty, but we always worked till about two. Yeah, and I thought the same thing uh, as you, and I can remember being shocked that when they would open the door to the office at six forty-five in the morning. Sometimes there were 10 to 15 people already there waiting wow. to get adjusted. And, and I thought, well, if this guy can do it, there's a market for that. There's people that want to get up and go in before work. Yeah. And I've always been much more of a morning person. And yeah. so my energy was strong then. And, and so that's, that's kind of how I've done it. Okay. That's really interesting. Like, I think it's one of those things where uh, sometimes people, when they're starting uh, a practice feel like I need to be there for everybody and almost sort of broadly it becomes a a I'm here for whatever you think you you want and I think you've already sort of said that Sigafu said it's important that people know what you do but also it's important they know what you don't do and I, I sort of find a parallel there that you're like well, my energy is good here you're going to get the best quality care and it serves my life I'm I'm not here to serve people in the practice at the cost of me having the relationship that I want with my family. I, I, it's awesome that you've been able to um, set up, set up that sort of clarity, both in terms of what, what you're serving, but also the times that you're serving. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because I was, I was listening to Mark and he was comparing it to a restaurant and he says, you know, the restaurants only open at lunch and they're only open at dinner. Yeah, and if you want to go in there and have them cook dinner at four o'clock in the afternoon, they're just not going to do it. Yeah, and you know they'll have plenty of people in line at dinner that want to eat dinner. So yeah. um, we just have to realize that there is great value in in the service that we provide. Um, chiropractic is, I've heard it been said many times, we're selling gold at the price of silver, <laughs> or maybe platinum even. You know, yeah, and <clears throat> if people. If people know what we have and what we what we want to offer, hopefully the people that are doing our marketing, which are our patients, um, they're conveying some of that importance to the patient and the patient. You know, we'll make the the sacrifice necessary to get the care that they need. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's also another dynamic that I've sometimes seen chiropractors have, which is they will focus on look. I'm going to be there from you know nine till six or whatever. Um, and, you know, I'm super busy from 9 till 
and I'm super busy from 4.30 till 6 and the rest of like I need to find a way to get people to come in at those other times. And it's like, or you just need to shut at those other times so your energy is higher at the times that people naturally, it fits into their day to come and get adjusted and, uh, you know, be, be able to create, have more efficiency so that you can help more people at those times. Like I think that sometimes chiropractors view like it's that a time at 2.30 in the afternoon is the, the same as, you know, one of those peak hour times in whatever context of whatever environment you live in and just try and make something work. Like if you had a restaurant and you were, it doesn't matter what sort of incentives you give, people <laughs> typically don't want to be eating dinner at 4.30. 50% off lunch at 10.30. You're not going to get more people coming in for lunch. <laughs> no, absolutely. And so in terms then, of your, are you in, in terms of the team, do you have uh, other team members? Have, how's this? What's the setup like? There? Well, right now we have uh, two CAs working in the office. One, uh, well, they both can do both jobs. Yep. We have one that serves most of the time as, uh, as our tech CA. Yeah. And the, the other CA does front front desk for the most mm -hmm. part yep and my wife helps in the office doing some of the back office things and she's also there during those peak demand times if we need a, a runner ca or or somebody just to really help speed things up or to to smooth out the flow so to speak got it yeah that sort of have that extra touch point with people to make sure everybody's uh getting the attention that they need absolutely yeah. And so just in terms of the environment in Portugal, is it um, sort of a cash practice kind of model where people are just paying per visit or is there insurance involved or how does all of that work? Well, that's something also that's evolved over time. When I first came, um, it was 100% cash. There was no participation from the state. There was no insurance that had any type of chiropractic uh, offerings or, or services. Somewhere probably in the middle, maybe 10, 10, 12 years ago, the association had made some negotiations with a couple of different insurance companies and we had signed up with those insurance companies. But after a few years, we, we realized that it just wasn't adding to the practice. So we, we backed out of the insurance and now our, our office is, is 100% cash. Okay, awesome. And so whereabouts in Lisbon, you're saying, you know, I get, get the impression there's a greater Lisbon area. If there's 4 million people, it's uh, it's obviously a big place. So whereabouts in Lisbon are you based practice-wise? The office that we have in Lisbon is pretty much in the center. It's in the downtown area of Lisbon, not too far from if you were to come here as a tourist, where you would go and see all the, the older parts, the down yeah. downtown section, the old town. So we're a little bit outside of that, and but it's still it's still very central as far as Lisbon's concerned. Awesome, excellent. So um, now, in terms of just overall, then uh, sort of life influence, we spoke about the chiropractic influences that you've had over the journey. Any other sort of life influences that have uh, impacted the way that you do things, the way that you see the world? Yeah, I was thinking about that that question you had sent, and and it's really interesting to me. I, I think as far as heroes that I have or people that I look up to, they're they're usually people who have started life maybe against the odds. One that I can think of in particular that I just heard a story and I really enjoyed it was uh, was Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. You know, he had a had a football career and 
had an injury and it was taken out from him. And, you know, cooking had almost nothing to do with what he was set out to do in life, according to him. And instead of looking at it as a raw deal, he just threw himself into cooking and, and became what he became through a whole lot of work, through a lot of guidance and a lot of mentoring and a heck of a lot of determination, struggle, failure, learning, repetition, and finally mastering his, his career. And I can think of uh, another one that's long since gone, but his name was Milton Hershey. And for me, it was a very similar story. Uh, the Hershey candy bar giant yeah. uh, worked his way out of the depression, um, once again, through, through a lot of failure and a lot of struggle, yet came out you know, just as a, as a person who stuck to his guns, had integrity and became an extremely wealthy and successful person. So that, that's the kind of the idea that I'd like to model my life after somebody that can help other people, somebody that can help people have a good time while they're learning or being helped and that I can also enjoy myself while I'm doing it. <laughs> so for me, the, the seminar is much of a, as much of a struggle as it can be at times. It's one of those things that, that I know not only is going to help the association and, and the development of chiropractic in Portugal, but hopefully if, if we do it right and our speakers present as we hope they will, a lot of people will be taking many good nuggets that they can change the lives of many more when they get home. Yeah. And I think the thing that I love about this type of seminar that you're creating is that um, it's the perfect context for people, you know, if you're in the UK or Europe, it's very easy to get there. But even from Australia and uh or the US, it's the perfect time really to come to Europe. You're just before that that peak period. Um, but you're also, you, the sem seminar experience in these kind of seminars where it's almost like a destination for a lot of the attendees, there's a depth to the experience because a lot of the people are staying on site. You're not, you don't have that thing of, you know, a big seminar in Melbourne, for instance, where 90% of the people are going to be living in the city that it is. And so they go and then they come back to their normal life for the evening. And whereas I think the great thing about this is you are in this melting pot of chiropractors from everywhere. So you get that to learn from the speakers and you get to learn from the attendees uh, just at a level that you don't get from anywhere else. Plus you then get the add-on of, uh, staying on for a week or a couple of weeks or whatever to explore Portugal or explore further. So yeah, really great opportunity, both from a exp learning experience and also cultural experience. It's also one of the things and that, that whole idea about the immersive experience that you're talking about. It's one of the things that we decided to try to incorporate into the seminar as well. Um, one of the things I really valued about the, the and still value about the Cairo Europe experience is that, the hotel that we have it at, uh, the lunch and dinner and breakfast is all provided as part of the seminar. Oh, and wow. so we decided to at least include the Saturday lunch as part of the, the hotel registration. So if you register at the hotel, that lunch is included uh, yeah. with, the, with that. So it'll be a time of not only fellowship with your fellow colleagues, but all the speakers will be around too. So yeah. most of them are more than willing to access and interact with uh, with oh, everybody. So it's going to augment the learning experience. Absolutely. What a, what a chance. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so look, thanks so much for everything that you're doing for chiropractic. The ripple effects of what you're doing are really profound. And 
Thanks so much for taking the time to share your journey with us. I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from the clarity that you have created there in terms of what you're offering and even when you're offering it and that balance of serving people, uh, but not in a sacrificial way, in a way that um, serves you as well. So uh, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Martin. Uh, it's been an extremely enjoyable experience. And, and thank you for having me on the podcast, giving me a chance to talk a little bit about our, our small association and uh, the seminar that we're doing. And we look forward to having you out here. And hopefully we can show you around and show you a little bit of Portugal ourselves. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Small association, big seminar. That's where we're at, I think. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Under the Influence podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you can catch all future episodes of the Under the Influence podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, then you will love the online program, The Retention Recipe. It's all about communication strategies that you can employ in somebody's first 12 visits that help transition them from a pain level of health belief to a prevention level of health belief and open up the opportunities for them to see chiropractic as part of a performance or wellness lifestyle. Check it out at insideoutpractices.com.